0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets.
1: Hey, all my cat-loving friends. Welcome back to 19 Cats and
0: Counting.
1: We have to take a break for our sponsor, but as soon as we get back, we have Cindy Longpace with us. Cindy started the Sunshine Fund after her kitty, Sunshine. When I heard the story, I cried. So you might want to grab a box of tissues and we will be right back. Take a bite out of your competition. Welcome back. We're at 19
0: Cats and Counting. Do we have our host with us, Rita? I'm here as usual, and I'm not catless this time. I have Boo Boo <laughs> over there. Oh. He's staring at some. Boo is a naughty boy. Like a we'll partner.
1: have to keep an yeah. eye on him.
0: He's yeah, a naughty he can...
1: boy for He's, sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's, so He's like the brat cat of the bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Exactly. Exactly. And welcome, Cindy. Hi. Yeah, I'm
0: so glad to be here. Oh, I'm Yay! so glad to have you here. I um, I first noticed you, Cindy, because we have some mutual, we have a lot of mutual friends in common, I think, in the rescue world. And I noticed you doing a video several months ago where you were having to medicate kittens. You had them all in the, what do you, I hate to use the word cage, but that's what it is. Right. Yeah, yeah, and you were taking them out right, one yeah. at a time and you were talking through what you were doing <laughs> and you were handling them with such authority and knowledge and the cats were cooperating with you and I thought, Wow. this like he's really something with the cat. So I started following you. And the next Uh, thing I know, you started Sunshine Fund, which is such a wonderful name. I love the name. Linda kind of cued me in where the name came from. Why don't you tell us how you got started with the Sunshine Fund?
2: The Sunshine Fund was named after a little foster. I'd taken in six little kittens. They were probably about six weeks old, five to six weeks old. And they were born on the streets, as most kittens in Houston are. And... Little Sunshine, I named them all after like the moon and the stars and the sun. So I have Milky Way and Moon Pie and Sunshine and Nova and a couple more. But Sunshine um, and another one of his siblings, Moon Pie, were starting to get really sick. Mm -hmm. And I was starting supportive care, syringe feeding, subcutaneous fluids, and just trying everything I can to get those little guys over the hump. Moon Pie passed away first, and I gave everything I had to Sunshine. I took mm-hmm. him to the vet, and he just didn't make it. I'm and so sorry. He passed away on my chest during the middle of the night. Um, I sat up with him, and it just broke my heart um, because I just thought I could. You have got done Linda more. going
0: already. <laughs> it's,
2: it's so sad. It's so sad because they look <sighs> up at you with their little eyes, and know. they just you just. It's like, I want to help you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. And um, I couldn't help him. So it was after that, that I just knew that was my passion. Mm -hmm. Cats have been my passion, but I knew there was a greater passion. It's like sunshine stirred something up in my heart Mm -hmm. that was there, but... It was kind of just buried down at the bottom. So I knew at that point that I wanted to create a rescue and I wanted to become a 501c3 so that I could solicit donations from larger companies, corporations, funds, grants, whatever, so that I will never be in that situation with a kitten again. Sure. Uh,
0: So that's how the Sunshine Fund started. She sounds like me with Sadie's heart, Linda. I wrote a book called Sadie's Heart. I had a kitten with uh, VSD, ventral septal defect. Um, Everybody told me that the kitten wouldn't live past six months and to put her down, I wouldn't do it. She lived to be just short of seven years. after, After she passed away, it was like I was sick in bed crying for a week. I had other cats, but Um, On that seventh day, something inside me, like with you, said, you have to make something positive out of this. So that's when I started rescue volunteering, and the rest is history. Now I have 20 cats. I already have started Just for Cats Pet Sitting, which uh, this year we merged with Meowtel. I ran that for 17 years. So I I already was working with cats. I already had my feet in that. But the rescue part, and Linda and I talk often about we want to start a 501c3 outreach for spay neuter. Mm -hmm. I so admire what you're doing and I know how hard it is just to do the paperwork to get your 501c3 is very difficult Mm -hmm. and raising the the money. It costs money just to apply for it. People don't realize that. And then if you mess
2: up, you have to apply again and wait like six weeks to get your refund from your original Application, so it's like two seventy five each time, and and I'm on my second one.
0: <laughs> well, we'll be on our second one. We messed up. I actually hired somebody who came highly recommended to uh, write our five hundred one c three paperwork. Well, long story short, four hundred and fifty dollars later, we still didn't have anything. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. But anyway, let's focus on the positive side. Yes. Uh, so you, I think. You mentioned Milky Way, you still have Milky Way because I see you talk about him.
2: I do. I have little Milky Way. Milky Way was uh, one of Sunshine's siblings Uh and at three months old she started having seizures and I have never seen seizures in an animal so as you can imagine it was a little bit alarming for me.
0: Sure, yeah.
2: Um, So I immediately took her to the vet and um, they referred me to a neurologist because everything about her was fine, she was normal. Mm-hmm. all of her uh, exams that the vet could do there was normal so i took her to a&m and they did the cat scan they did they did several tests and right. basically didn't find anything so she has seizures with unknown cause so oh. they started her on keppra a common seizure medication and she was on keppra Probably about two months, two and a half months, and mm-hmm. I have slowly just weaned her off. So she is no longer on any medication. Oh, awesome. She is a remarkable little girl. Our family just loves her to death. She is perfectly normal in a cat sense, but she has physical. Oh. You look at her and her little head wobbles like a, oh. a, bobble, a bobble head, and then she, her little rear end swings like a slinky so she's her.
0: a keeper. You're keeping her, I imagine. I think it's going to yeah. happen. So, well, yeah. Those it's ones that deal. need extra care, you know, especially my mom runs the Humane Society of Lancaster, South Carolina. So I've seen her keep dogs. She's a dog person. That uh-huh. They could go to somebody, but they're special needs. So she doesn't want to let them go. It's hard. And I, I can
2: understand that. It's hard because you think no one's going to take care of them like I will. Right. Right. <laughs> No, no I love them great. like I
1: will. Can you tell us what Milky Way seizures look like? Because I, after I spoke to you, I was talking to Rita and I told her, you know, a lot of people have not seen seizures and don't know what it looks like. Right. And, and they can look very different. My daughter had a cat that um, would have seizures, but it was like weird sneezing fits that just mm-hmm. didn't, went on and on and on and on and on and on. And, on and, on. and we we're like, this cat has allergies. I don't know what's wrong with this cat. So what did Milky Ways look like?
2: The very first one she had, I had picked her up from on top of a cage that that was in her room and I put her inside the cage. And as soon as I did, she started going in circles. She was just running in circles like something was chasing her. And I watched her and I thought, what is wrong with you? And so I went to her and just picked her up and, and held her tight and said, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Her eyes were really dilated and she just looked like she was scared to death and so wow. I thought well that was really weird mm-hmm. Um and then I had her downstairs um, about a week later and she did it again she's running in circles and as these seizures progressed they would last longer she would lose her her bowels mm-hmm. and foaming at the mouth oh so my they started God. yeah they started getting a lot worse before they got better scary just so hard
1: so That's hard what I was thinking mm-hmm.
0: scary because you don't really know what's happening well the second time you probably yeah. knew what was happening but it sounds like you're presented a lot yeah. more severely they did
2: they got pretty severe and and I I even told the vet at a when we took her I said you know I need to know now if she's suffering if she's suffering this isn't about me this is about her right. and I don't want her to be suffering and he said I don't have any indication that she's suffering. They don't remember their seizures. They don't know what's going on during their seizures. And as long as she's eating, drinking, playing, then, you know, she's a happy little cat and just give her time. And he felt like she would grow out of it, which she did.
0: Who is that you're playing with right now? Which one? (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was the one. Oh, look. Oh.
1: This is Marsha. Oh, cute oh, so
2: sweet. She's just sitting in my lap. Oh, West is the one that's climbing oh, all over the place. And then I've got one oh, chewing
1: on my toes. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yes, we know about those toe nibblers. I love what you do because, yeah, you know, we all want to take in all the cats. I but know. then it's like vetting and yada, yada, yada. And the cat that was over my shoulder for a while, their kids met. He was rescued in a feral colony and obviously was not feral because he's the biggest lover on the planet. Right. And so, you know, the woman takes him and instead of him freaking out, he's like purring and going, I'm in love with you. So she knew he was not feral. She got him cleaned up and he was FIV positive.
2: Oh. And, you know,
1: I mean, the cat was underweight, had all kinds of battle scars, was FIV positive, had fleas, had you know ear mites. I mean, if you could have it, the cat had it. Well, fortunately, through her organization, she was able to get him, you know, up to par. And then she had problems getting people to adopt him because he's FIV positive. But there is a little bit of an ongoing, they tend to have teeth problems. And I think Kismet has like four teeth left. I'm not sure. <laughs> he's had well, a
0: lot of extractions. Yeah, <laughs> Terry was also, she was somewhat picky about who would get him. Um, Terry yeah. was the one that ran the rescue. And I knew Terry. And I couldn't take in another cat because I was full. So I showed this picture to Linda. And I said, I have a cat for you, Linda. So she Linda's in Ohio. I'm in North Carolina, South Carolina now. So she came down here to get him. And, you oh, know, wow. he, See, it I, I can actually know if you remember. That's why I named him Kismet
1: because I fought her and fought her and fought her. And then I said, fine, but I don't have a trip upcoming. Oh, so gosh. if you can get him to me in Ohio, have at it. Well, it just so happens that one of Carrie's volunteers was a flight attendant for American Airlines. So she flew oh, the okay. cat and freakier of all freakies. She had a cousin that lived in Toledo, Ohio, about an hour from me, who was having a graduation party. Uh, so She flew in with him and I'm like, yeah, okay. It was meant, This was meant to be my cat. Now because I,
0: love cat.
1: I love this cat so much. Oh. I mean, this cat is just he's just amazing. So, you know, taking in some special needs cats and other than the teeth, it really isn't much, you know, his, his immune system is low. So when COVID went through our family, I didn't pet him or anything, you know, I didn't want him to get anything, but yeah. basically he's just a cat, you know, he's just another cat, but, but yeah, if you can't, you know, if I'd seen him out feral, I probably would have taken him to rescue, but I wouldn't have taken him home, all that care and all the things that you, that you need. And that's, you know, you have all these people. I think when we spoke the other night, you had a dump coming of about nine cats, was it? Wasn't it nine cats? <laughs>
2: yes, I ended up not needing to take those cats. Uh, they went to another rescue in Porter, Texas. So I was ready. I had the room cleaned out. And yeah, I'm thankful that another larger rescue stepped sure. up. That's right? my problem is I'm just so I'm so small. And it's just me and, and I do all the fostering and well, plus I,
0: you've got your own cast, don't you? Plus,
2: I have my own eight indoor and two outdoor. So I'm not quite up to 20, Rita. And I don't know that my <laughs> husband would,
0: well, would really allow that. that. With running <laughs> a, a rescue like that, I don't know that you could have 20. because yeah. You know, it takes me a lot of time because they need not just the litter box scoopings twice a day, but the feedings twice a day. But they all need attention and love. And, and then the new, the two new ones that I took in, they've been here about a month now, Linda. There were owner surrender adult cats. One's oh. a senior. I don't know anything about them. But because my mom has the uh, Humane Society here, the unfortunately, the shelter knows who I am. <laughs> I got a contact. These two cats have been here three weeks. They're not doing really well. Nobody wants them. So, And I had just lost two of mine. So I had two openings. Yes. I wasn't planning to go back up to 20, but they needed to stay together. And so it takes time too. I've got to spend time with them, getting them comfortable. Yes. So it's like you're you you might, you're like having 20 because you've got your the ones in foster rescue and then your own. So you're splitting your time into two places too. I think you've got your rescue in your home, right? But you have dedicated areas. Is that Correct. how it works?
2: I have uh, three dedicated bedrooms that are just for cats for rescue so i have a i have a little maternity ward as i call it it's for Uh, the moms uh, and babies uh and then i have the kitty playroom where they they run free I don't they're not one of those (laughs) and then I have the well I'm in the process of moving cages from the kitty playroom over to the intake room so I'm going to actually have a separate intake room so that I can keep any kind of illnesses down to a minimum uh, make sure that they've received their FERCPs and dewormers and flea medications and things like that before they're introduced to the kitty room where they will be able to spend time with potential adopters
0: in this room. Uh, That was my next question is, how do you handle... Oh, let me ask that question when we get back from our break. I almost forgot. We have to take a break. (laughs) And then I'll get back to Cindy with my next question. We'll be right back. Molly, here's your dinner. (laughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Purchase your cat tree tray today.
1: Go right now to cat That's cat tree C A T T R E E T R A Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet
0: Life Radio. Pet
1: Life Radio.
0: Pet, Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. .com. <laughs> We are back to 19 cats and counting and I was just about to ask Cindy how she handles potential adopters coming to visit the kitties.
2: Well, I, again, I do it in my home and so I tell people you're welcome to come to my home. I wear a mask. You can wear a mask. Uh, I do have an adoption application. Mm-hmm. Ideally, it should be completed before the meet and greet, but right. I don't always do that. I like to think the best of people and that you know, people that are taking the time to come to my home are, you know, pretty serious about taking care of a kitten. So they just come up to the kitten room and um, if they want to take a look at the moms and babies, they can, you know, stop off in there first. Most of the babies end up being pre-adopted pretty quick.
0: Sure. Yeah. Everybody
2: wants kittens. Everybody wants kittens. And the kittens in this room are typically four months up to, I think my oldest is eight or nine months old. Oh, that's not um, bad. So you, you stick with kittens mostly. I would like to stick with kittens, but sometimes they just don't get adopted and then they become four months old. and <laughs> Right. <laughs> but I, I'm still itty-bitties. That's still a kitten. The itty-bitties Ugh. definitely work well. The only problem with the itty-bitties is you have to do the foster to adopt. And that's mostly because by the time a small rescue like myself can get them vetted, a vet normally will make you wait till they're three pounds or three months. Well, by right. the time they're three months, they're not the little eight to 10 week old kitten that everybody right. wants. Yeah. And yeah. So, so with this last group, I thought, you know what, I'm going to do the foster to adopt. And when it's time, when the kitty gets three to four months old, they can bring it back to me. I'll get him or her fixed right. and then they can take it back. So I've even had a couple of people say, you know what, I'll just take care of it myself which is great. I can
0: follow up. It saves the rescue money. So that's a win-win. That's awesome. I think that's great because people want that time with them when they're little like that. They do. Um, That bonding time, like if you don't start handling socializing them by the time they're 12 weeks, which I know you do, you are handling them, but it's really hard to socialize a a kitten after they're 12 weeks old. It's not impossible, but they really need that handling. And if they can have that from their potential new adopter at that Mm -hmm. age, that's perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: so it works out.
0: How many
1: not officially your kitties do you have in your house right now?
2: (laughs) I have, in the kitten room where I'm sitting, there are nine that I've had for a while. And then I took in three this week. So that's Uh 12 in this room. And then in the mama baby room, I have the mama who had the four babies and they're all gone. But I took in a two and a half month old, about... Two weeks ago, uh-huh. and so she's uh-huh. in there with the mama cat. And funny thing is, I saw her nursing on the mama cat Aww. this morning, which I thought, "Oh, how sweet!" And mama didn't care, so mama cat's
1: taking <laughs> yeah, care of another baby. Nice. But I'm that's waiting for that
2: one to to become stronger. She's not a real active kitten. She's not sickly, but she's just a real quiet. Doesn't get too rowdy, type of kitten, and I don't want to. sit below.
0: she's
2: got and no other sibling, it, but she's too little to be in the kitten room. Sure, and so I'm just waiting for her to pick up her appetite, and she's barely over two pounds. Oh, so, but of Aww. course she came from the streets as well, and when they're born to feral moms, a lot of times the moms don't have the good nutrition.
0: Yeah,
2: pass on to the babies, and the babies are tend to be smaller.
0: You so get, what that was
1: something things? that I didn't know. And I, had, I told Rita, I said, she brought up something I hadn't thought of. And it makes perfect sense because it's, it's the same as when you look at human mamas and you look at the ones that had great prenatal care plus versus the ones that were poor and got no prenatal care, you have a much higher mortality rate and, and illnesses and problems. And so it only makes sense if a cat's living on the street, it's not spending as much time with its kittens and it's not eating well. And all of that comes through the milk. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I just hadn't even thought about it before. It does, and it's hard in rescue because those are
2: the ones that you tend to lose—the kittens that don't have mamas. And yeah, and you get them. You know, at three or four weeks old, they're they're not quite still bottle babies, but they're not quite strong enough to be able to eat food on its own. Sure. And then they they're susceptible to illness because they haven't been. Vaccinated, they don't have the the antibodies from the mom because yeah. mom's yeah. not healthy. Just it goes on and on, and that's that's probably the hardest thing in Houston is just the number of babies that you know are born outside and mm-hmm. don't make it because of weather or animals or people. People do such cruel things. To- I know they do. It makes it, it is- sick. Oh, it breaks my heart. And so I just wish that I could get every little kitten and cat off the streets of Houston. I know. Because
0: it's just not a safe place. There's a big problem here, too. I live 30 miles south of Charlotte, North Carolina. And there's a lady here just north of Charlotte, Susan Cooksey Spaulding. She's with the National Kitten Coalition. And they teach people how to bottle feed because there's such a need for it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not a skill set I have. I don't Mm -hmm. think I want to learn because it would just tear up my heart to bottle feed these little babies and have them not make it. I give you a lot of credit. I mean, it takes somebody really strong and who really has a calling to do that, to take that challenge on.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, my very first, believe it or not, my very first bottle baby was this past April and it was a little kitten that came to me found on the sidewalk here in my neighborhood Mm -hmm. at about three days old and she weighed three ounces and I named her Chickadee. Oh my gosh, I've seen her on your Facebook. That's ever. my Chickadee. Yes, yeah, so she oh, was you. such a sick little baby and she had a bacterial infection and sores on her little body and anyway, I was up with that little kitten every two hours feeding her. And I was tube feeding her at certain points. I learned to do that. She had constipation. I had to take her to the vet to do an enema. I mean, it was nonstop something with that little kitten. And now, of course, she's still with me. (laughs) How do you... you, (laughs) I mean, really, how do you... You can't. You can't. I mean, you can ask the kitten lady. She can, but goodbye Uh is the goal. And I learned that from Hannah Shaw, goodbye is the goal. And it is. It truly is. But yeah. sometimes they just really attach themselves to your heart. And right. Yeah. You just it's can't. Yeah. We had
0: Hannah
1: Shaw a couple months ago, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I, was on the that. Yeah.
0: I asked her yeah. that question. How do you part with them? She said, no, oh, no problem. Bye. Because I'm waiting for the <laughs> next one to come in. So, you know, she's got a good handle on that. But I know it would kill me. My motto is if they cross my threshold, they don't leave. Because I, tended, yeah. I have taken in little tiny kittens. I have, let's see, once you, at least four of my kittens came to me at the age of three to four weeks old. But I like to take the older cats that, you know, they go to the shelter, you know, a lot of them are owner-surrenderer or they're strays on the street. Nobody wants them. So I tend to take them on and, and once they cross my threshold, I don't want to put them back going through. Another, you know, let's get acclimated to another new home once they get comfortable here. So and my cats have been through so many integrations. I, I was just talking to um Dr. Sally Foote and uh, I told her my cats just they're like, oh, there's another cat. OK, see ya. They, they don't <laughs> care anymore.
1: You know? So used to it. So well, on with getting seniors and you had that one little kitten that wasn't well and passed fairly quickly. And then
0: that was
1: what, about a month? max yeah max was about a month and he knew he was old and frail and
0: i, I named no more cats max because i've had three cats named max one when i was a lot younger and he um slipped my screen to porch and ran away oh Never no him. then the the next max was the one that had the problem with the brains the infection of the toxoplasmosis of the brain stem
1: oh.
0: yeah. and he finally i had to let him go and then maxwell the senior cat that was a few months ago, and they found him on the street. Somebody just, you know, somebody died, and the parents, the family didn't want the cat, shoved him out on the street. Well, he was her- here with me for about a month before he passed away. So he had a good, happy month with me, but I can't name any more cats named Max. <laughs> <laughs> Carrying bad juju, huh? Yeah. No, it's got, it does, it has bad juju. But um, after he passed, that's when they called me about these two, Missy and uh, Scooter, so while I would love to take in kittens, there's so many of you focused on kittens. I love that. I want to keep my focus on senior older cats and the 501c3, Linda and I want to start uh, spay neuter out, yeah. which sounds like Houston needs. Yeah, Everybody needs. Every city needs. Everybody needs. Yeah. 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 Well, and in yeah. Houston too, it's something that didn't. I've,
1: I've always been a Northern girl, although I'm dying to move to South Carolina. This is my goal in life. But I grew up in Michigan and when I was 21, I moved to Ohio. So no, so we have kitten season in the spring. Up but north. Yeah. like Houston, there's no season. It's kitten
0: year, right? It's, just- kitten <gasps> LA year. it's the same way. and Down here, we have a little yeah. break, but there's not that much winter down here either. So right. kitten yeah. season all year long. Yeah, yeah. it's, you know, it, it Houston, I very
2: rarely dabble in the dog world, but the dogs running around the streets of Houston are just as bad. Really? Oh, it's
0: horrible. Horrible. I I lived in Houston for a summer, but I was 16. So that's a long time ago.
2: Yeah. You wouldn't have paid attention to the Mm -hmm. amount of strays that that we have here. But as pet owners, there's just not a lot of affordable options to have your animals spayed and neutered. They do offer them, but there's not enough. There's not enough you know, I called a vet to get Milky Way a quote on getting her spayed and neutered or spayed because right, I didn't right. want to take her to Texas Litter Control where I was doing my spays and neuters. And she said, it'll be between four and $500. As a pet owner, who can afford that? Well, you know, as an the- average pet yeah. owner. And so, no, they're not going to get their animals spayed no. and neutered because no one can afford it. And anyway, it's, that's my soapbox is that there's not enough programs to make it affordable for the average person to yeah. and take care of. And even right now, the shelters, if you find an animal on the streets, you want to take it to the county shelter, they'll turn you away and say, you got to hold it for two weeks. Well who can hold strays? I mean, not, not everyone can, can hold strays. And so yeah. what do people do? They turn their eye. They just look mm. the other way because there's the resources
1: are not available to help us help them. That's awful. And um, some time ago, my son had a paper route and, and he's an animal lover, especially cats, and he kept sending me these pictures of these cats. he'd run across on his you know, and nobody's figured to look skinny and blah, blah blah. And I kept saying, Aaron? We can't take a stray in. We've got all these, guys, I think I'd seven or eight at the time. We're at 11 now because of Nikki. But, you know, it's like, I can't just bring this cat in that may have, heaven only knows what, and put it with my cat. And all the rooms in this house are full. So, you know, this is just not and, an and option. And your shelter's not taking cats anymore. Right, Linda. Officially, they're not. They have taken some in that have been dumped on them just because they won't turn them away, which I'm thankful for. But, yeah, our shelter officially, according to the board, went no cats.
0: Well, no. The cost of spay neuter, when I lived in Los Angeles for 10 years, I lived there during a time when they finally passed the law that all pets that were um, available for adoption or sale had to be spayed or neutered. So right away, the vets went from $79 for a spay to $300 for a spay, except my vet. My vet stayed. The spays were 79 the neuters were 49 for cats. He stayed, and here I have a good deal, too, in South Carolina. My vet here, he's come way down on his price. I think it cost me 79 to have the last two. So I, $400 that he's paying. I mean. Sweetie Pie, Sweetie Pie and Simba, spayed and neutered. but. A lot of the vets in LA, they just saw it as an opportunity to jack up their rates and they did it. Nobody could yeah. afford that. Well,
2: even the Texas Litter Control, which is a, they focus on TNR, they focus on a low cost, but even for me to take a female, one of my female kittens that I'm going to adopt out in order to get it spay, rabies, microchip and combo tested, which I do with all my cats. Sure. 136 $136. My adoption fees a $100.
0: So you're losing money. See, a lot of people Absolutely. think, too, that you make money. I thought you wanted to meet a oh. doctor cat. The cat should be free. No. No. I just, but, I'm looking but, up something in my email because I'm just joining a group that they're putting together in every state. They're looking for a representative in every state to make a list in each state of these spay-neuter, low-cost spay-neuter options that are out there with uh, the community podcast. I just want to look up that website because it already exists. So or They're just building it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would now. help people to find it. That's the wrong one. I have so much email, it isn't even funny. <laughs>
1: about it.
0: You guys talk a little thing. bit while I look for that.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's great. great. That, you know, like I said, if I had taken, you know, I, I couldn't have taken Kismet up out of the feral colony, but there was somebody there to patch him up. And send him on, you know, and yeah. yeah, I paid the adoption fee, but it wasn't outrageous. I don't remember what it was. And he was microchipped oh. and caught up on his vaccinations. And yeah,
0: UnitedSpayAlliance.org. Um, UnitedSpayAlliance.org. Right. They're in the middle of uh, right now getting a representative in each state. I'm going to be the South Carolina person to get together a list of all of those resources that are available <laughs> in each state. So they want to be like a central repository for that information so that we can direct people and see where there's holes and there's no programs too. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
2: it's, I mean, I don't know. Texas litter control definitely is one of the lower cost ones, but that was my point. Sure. Is that even, even at a, a low cost clinic, it's still for the average person, like to TNR, to trap, neuter and release a feral cat is $60. Okay. That's affordable. You don't get a microchip. You don't get combo tested. It's spay neuter and rabies ear tip. Let them ear go. Tip, yeah. Some people have have even just taken their personal animal to go TNR because it's only sixty dollars and at least yeah. their animals
0: fixed. So they, what did you go yeah. back and get them back later from the area? Is that what they do? They just they let them outside and then they go back and get them later no
2: no no no. the place doesn't let them go you bring your animal in a humane trap yeah okay so, so you, you drop them off that morning and then you pick them up that afternoon so, so they're
0: so saying they're doing tnr when they're and gone. then you re-release them but they're yeah they're finding yes. A
1: way
2: out yes yeah. so that's just a, that's um, like an expensive way i mean it's it's almost like you have to
1: because who can afford three four hundred dollars well, as an average I'm person so even if a cat that you've taken in has no medical problems, you are still in the whole 30-some dollars just being oh, yeah. picked up <laughs> to adapt them out. And then if your cat, I know we were talking and you were talking about two that came in together that like $3,000 between the two of them. Yeah. So, you know, are you crazy? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> why would you do it? No. <laughs> so... So how can That's we so help love. you because if you're if you're going in the hole just for the basics 30 bucks a cat how can we and our listeners help you so you can continue doing the work you're doing yeah
2: the biggest thing that i need is financial donations as well as food and litter pretty much food and litter those are the biggest needs as far as having the number of cats
0: you have a beautiful school. website too the sunshinefund.net
2: yes the sunshinefund.net sunshine And then, of course, on Facebook, the Sunshine Fund. And as I mentioned, I think earlier, maybe not on our show, but I am still working on getting my 501c3 so that Uh, donations can be tax deductible. Right. Once I do get my 501, the donations will be retroactive back to the corporation start date, which was in November, December. So if anyone were to donate now, it still will be retroactive
0: yeah. that they'll be able to, yeah. to So don't ride. let that stop you she's got a need now yeah donations yeah. you also have i imagine you've got a link on the sunshinefund.net to your amazon wish list i do okay awesome and we will include all those links when we post the show on yeah. uh, awesome. pet life radio that as well that would be so, great you know
1: even if you just afford to the- a four pound bag of dry cat food. I'm sure anything is appreciated at this point.
0: Everything on. I used to yes. think when I was a little kid, gee, if a million people gave me a dollar, I'd have a million dollars. I'd what have mean, a million dollars. A million. Exactly. Yeah, thousand people exactly. gave her $10 she'd have $10,000, right? So yeah. get out, though, you know, I, uh, I have yeah. people
2: who will donate you know, $10 or, or $5 and they'll just say in a, in a message, I'm sorry that it's not more. And I will respond to them. It's a lot to me. It's priceless to me. So don't let a $10 or $5 donation think that you're not helping enough because right. it's helping. Out, it's, it's 5 or $10 that's going towards the care of uh, getting one of these guys ready and yeah. into their home. This is the oldest cat I have. I've had Mr. West since last, I believe, last July. Oh, what a sweetheart. Yeah. are See, so And great. they're huh. getting
0: handled in love. So when they adopt from you, they're getting a cat that's already yeah. socialized also. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Any, any last words before we close up shop? I am
2: just thankful. I'm thankful to you both. And I just want to continue doing what I do. I, when I tell people this, my only regret is that I can't do this full time. Right. I do have a job during the day. I work for the school district here in Houston, and um, I love my job, but my passion is definitely with these little fur babies and getting more off the streets. I
1: love Well, that. If everybody who's listening just donates dollar, $5, $10, a bag of food, maybe we can get you to where you
0: don't have to work to make a difference in these cats. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Well, Cindy, you are doing such an amazing. I hope we can have you on again to talk about what's going on, especially once you get your 501c3. And anything we can do to help. Linda Hall, thank you again for co-hosting with me. The show would be boring without you. I was thinking. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm a a a straight person and Linda's got
1: all the sparkle. I'm the smart aleck. Yeah, (laughs) come on. (laughs) It's not like it is.
0: It goes without saying, I have to thank Mark Winter for allowing us the time on Pet Life Radio and for all the wonderful energy he does. And yeah. just thank you so much and don't forget every day is Catterday. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com